So, fuckers, welcome back. Um, my therapist suggested that I call y'all trauma warriors or something to be empowering, but I gotta say, it just sounds kind of lame to me, and I get more empowerment out of motherfucker. I hope you feel the same way. Anyways, I hope you've been considering the phases of stabilization and processing in your own experience, and maybe even finding some guidance for bringing yourself back to earth via those broad conceptual phases of recovery. If not, I mean, not sure you want to be on earth right now anyways. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry for the repeated anti-fascist perspective. I do realize not everyone sees things the way a lifetime of living through punk rock has formulated my own outlook and life narratives. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Perspective. How our experiences and life educations stack up to create everything that we know about the world. How we interpret it, react to it, and foresee it panning out, or more likely, not panning out at all in the future. If you are not new to the trauma game, I would go ahead and bet that you've collected a bit of a hatred for the word perspective, a mild disdain at the very least, because it's one of those words that has acquired a dual meaning in a lot of prior traumatic environments and interactions. Read, being told, that's just your perspective regarding anything that someone else does not agree with or want to pay attention to. Meanwhile, the word carries an entirely different meaning when they try to convince you to just accept theirs. This is their perspective, and clearly it is the truth, while yours is just a perspective, and it amounts to victimizing lies. Am I right? Or is it just me projecting my family and relationship history? Either way, let's get into it today. What does the word actually mean if we were all to agree upon one definition that is not plagued by someone else's ideas of their infallible observation skills and ability for omnipotent understanding? Well, perspective, by definition, is a collection of your perceptions strung together to make something meaningful out of the individual events. You take your perceptions, formulate words that tie them all together, and boom, you have a perspective. Perceptions being what you've noticed about your world, your sensory events, your experiences that you've paid some amount of attention to, those are your perceptions. If you don't pay any attention to them, you don't perceive them. Your system doesn't absorb the stimulation. This becomes important in a few minutes, so I bring it up now. But from your perceptions, which I like to visualize as a mess of disorganized brain cells, all containing individual visual, audio, and tactile events, for instance, your brain draws up this overarching perspective, which I like to visualize as a neat bridge going over the top of the disorganized jumble of neurons down below. The bypass to get the gist of the story when you're thinking and actually going through life 
without having to plunge into the entire tale and all of the related details. That would be very overwhelming to do every single time you need to remember that your perspective is, I don't know, I wear shoes in public every day, for instance. You don't need to revisit individual perceptions of putting on your shoes for social interactions or shoelace engagements from the past. You just need to put on your damn shoes, right? So perspectives are the meaning, the instructions, or the story that you draft from individual perceptions. But now consider that you do it across an entire lifetime. Our thoughts create our early realities in our brains. Our brains use those thoughts to create our physical realities in the world. And those material factors then feed back to reinforce the drafted realities we were sowing into our brains, thus sealing them in as verified forever knowledge. So in this way, perspective creates everything. Our lives are simply based on interpretations of our lives, and those continue deepening as we validate our prior interpretations with new events that are confirmed somehow in practice. Usually, by just keeping you fucking alive. Like, that's enough for your brain to decide, yeah, we got this right the first time around, and to continue building on that initial perspective thread. Meaning, your perspectives define your next set of perspectives. Because our perspectives pave the ground for our development of our next thoughts. We don't, for instance, have a perspective that we are forgettable, abandonable to our parents, and then simply drop that view entirely when a new event takes place. That new event will instead be framed by the prior perspective that abandonment is possible. Like, oh, so I'm not forgettable today because I did X, Y, and Z correctly. You know what I'm saying? Our perspectives define our perceptions, what we will and won't notice or pay attention to, and they also corrupt our perceptions by forcing these new sensory events to fall into line with our prior views. Then our views build on top of each other by limiting our access to other alternative events and perceptions which continue to keep us trapped in and reliving our original narratives. It's like a confirmation bias and also like putting blinders on to what you can see in life across an entire lifetime. (laughs) So let's consider that point again, across an entire lifetime. When we're talking about perspective and perception, These mean very different things depending on if you are an adult or a child. A perceptual event might be a splash in the ocean for an adult, but it's a tsunami in a Dixie cup for kids. Those experiences are going to be weighted and framed very differently dependent on the past volume of similar perceptions and related perspectives. When you experience things matters because you don't have a hefty experience library to evenly compare things to and frame things differently 
You know what I'm saying? My favorite example is a child who's bit by a dog who has never experienced a dog before will probably be afraid of dogs forever. A child who's been around dogs and gets bitten by one after that is probably going to be able to understand that this was a one-off experience. They won't pay so much attention to it. It's not going to impact them as deeply. Their perspectives will not be formed by that foundational event the same way. You get me? Perspective also means very different things for all of us, even within the same age group, because all of our past perceptions cannot possibly be the exact same. So neither can the perspectives that we've been creating from those experiences. The stories we form to keep chugging along, our understanding of the world, it can be similar in one household, for example, but never precisely the same. How you were treated is different than how your siblings were treated, for example, What they saw is different than what you saw. And I'm not just talking about family favoritism. We're speaking of the ways that peers and broader society have formed those perspectives as well. And those differences only grow with increasing discrepancies accumulated between the perceptions and perspectives that were developed originally in question. So, no, no one else can ever ever have exactly the same perspective. Probably even if you were conjoined twins, there would be differences in what was perceived, paid attention to, and then the message that was derived from all of it across an entire existence. Which is all to say, no, your parents are not going to get it when you talk about your early life, because for them, it wasn't their life. And it wasn't early life that you experienced together. They had a buttload of past experiences under their belts already. Those could have created counter perspectives to protect against the one that you accidentally wound up with, having seen and known very little at the time to compare it to. With a mostly empty brain, each event is a much bigger deal than when you have a stack of alternative experiences. And... They also, most likely, were not paying as much attention to the things in question as you were. Maybe that time that you were forgotten at school pickup was a hugely impactful experience for you. You were there for a while, wondering what was going on. You experienced fear, and you spent a lot of time processing it afterwards. But... It was just a ping in the oopsie bucket for them while they were far more focused on whatever it was that made them late or forget about you. They didn't give it much thought afterwards, and it seemed like a non-event to them in their world. But it wasn't to you from your perspective. And this attentional trap is critical because where we put our focus creates our inner worlds, and then our inner worlds go on to create our outer worlds, our lives. So in our time distortion series, for instance, we learned through the literature that obsession or unwavering attention 
has a whole lot to do with the development of our mental ailments. Obsession with any time orientation, being past, present, or future, or any event distorts our perception of reality. Similarly, ignorance of time or events will also distort what we believe to be reality. So obsession with a past traumatic event, it's going to create PTSD. Obsession with protecting oneself against the painful perspectives of others, it's going to create gaslighters. But besides the ways that our past experiences are often dismissed and corrupted by others, how is this perspective talk all so trauma relevant in the entire broad conversation? Well, first of all, trauma is transmissible. Our perceptions of our parents' behaviors will inform our perspectives, and our perspectives are the root of post-traumatic stress. So parents with their own traumatic pasts accidentally pass along similarly traumatized viewpoints, whether or not those original events were ever discussed. We notice through their behaviors and narratives we perceive them. We take on our family perspectives, which form our later perceptions and life stories. Secondly, PTSD, as we keep saying, is based in our own cognitions. Yeah, we perceive fear and that fucks with our brains. It can disturb us temporarily. But it's the perspective we form after a shit event that becomes a torture device in our own heads not so much the traumatic event, the perception itself. We gather up all the information, we really ruminate on it and try to stitch together a story to explain what could have possibly happened. We create a whole new perspective of how this thing shook out. And that is where our fear and shame comes from. The PTSD cruxes that hold us in place until we can re-examine those views and form better ones through re-educated lives that allow us to keep moving forward. The final B, big T word point that needs to be hammered home here is the fact of perspectives dominating other perspectives, though. Because when you grow up in a family system of any sort, you are surrounded by an echo chamber, the same agreed and acted upon perspectives coming from all ends, every mouth repeating its own story as that story fits with the broader family narrative. And your perspective, it might challenge those other ones. So if they just don't pay attention to it, it may as well have never happened. So that's what they do. Which is all my way of saying, if you've been gaslight for your entire fucking life about your perspective equating some sort of fairy tale that you drafted for sake of terrorizing yourself while claiming victimhood, you're not alone. And it makes sense from a neuropsychobiological perspective why they wouldn't want to or be able to see things from that vantage point of yours. But we're going to get to that later. For now, start to believe your own historical perspectives, motherfucker. But still taken with a grain of salt. 
Examine the ones that you carry now because they can be distorted by a library of prior perspectives that need to be rewritten for your own benefit, especially now that you have a lifetime of other experiences and educational opportunities to inform your reanalysis of things. You don't need to carry all of the uninformed family stories. You get to rewrite them. That is your right as a holder of perspectives, as a haver of a brain. And those views are not up for debate after you have already debated them adequately with yourself. So when you hear someone pull out the, that's just one perspective card, please feel free to think of this community, flash back to this episode and have a hearty laugh. It's what I do at this point. It's uh, about all you can do. You can't force people to understand what they refuse to pay attention to, and you'll kill yourself trying, or at least lose yourself. Besides, you don't need them to believe in your perspective. (laughs) You yourself are enough to validate it all on your own. People's brains firing at different times in different directions doesn't mean that yours has to change course. And if you need help, If you ever do need view corruption, stabilization in your own life to stop your brain from flipping back into a shame spiral of death, perhaps, just remember, you're not alone and you don't have to go through it that way. Hit up your trauma experience therapist, hit up your healthily brained friends, and if you don't have any of those right now... If no one will be able to see your perspective except you in your current social circle, yeah, I get it. I started a community for the same reason, and you're welcome to jump on in if you do want to be around people who get it. Anyways, till we talk next, hail your perspective. Hail your perceptions and perspectives. And own that shit, because no one has had the same life of experience that you have, which makes you pretty irreplicable and irreplaceable, not dismissible. Hail Archie and the truly unreplicable perspectives he gave me. And one more time, hail your fucking self. And cheers, y'all. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.